Dr. Homebrew is brought to you by Five Star Chemicals, providing safety and cleaning supplies for brewing, distilling, and winemaking at fivestarchemicals.com. Dr. Love. Stand aside, nurse. I'm Dr. Homebrew. All right, everybody, welcome back to another fantastic episode of Dr. Homebrew, the show where I'm not always quite sure I'm doing everything right. You did it right this time, didn't you? I think so. I don't know what's going on, if it's the holidays, we just got a lot going on in the studio, but uh, I'm I'm sitting here right before the show goes live, I'm I'm doing this right, right? This is right. And I think it is. If you can hear me out there in Radio Land, holla! And if you can't? Keep doing what you're doing. Yeah, yeah, watch out. Keep doing you. Check the chat room. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, welcome to the show. My name is JP, and with me as always are Brian and Lee, the intrepid, fantastic beer-tasting duo. Uh, when we form together, we form Dr. Homebrew. How you guys doing? Good. Yeah. yeah. Fabulous. F- uh, not, not so fabulous air quality these days. We have like... Ten spare the air days in a row. Yeah, I don't listen to those. Those are just those. It's just a. I know, it's but just, they encourage you not to. When but. you drive into Martinez, it's like a, you look under the lights, and it's like a haze of fog from all the <laughs> refineries and stuff. That's just Martinez. That's just every day. Okay, That's why yeah. all the pills are smells like rock beer up here. Uh, <laughs> that was a beer geek joke, guys. Yeah, laugh. <laughs> Anyway, uh, we are Dr. Homebrew, and before we get it too far into it, I do want to thank our sponsor, our show sponsor, Five Star Chemicals. You can go to fivestarchemicals.com, and if you don't know about Five Star Chemicals, you can learn all about them there. They're the producers, manufacturers, inventors, and makers of PBW and StarSan and all the kind of good stuff that we like to clean and sanitize our equipment with before we actually brew. Um, a lot of people think that there's different ways to make really good homebrew. Some people say, oh, don't ever use extract. It's just all grain. And that's, that's the key to making homebrew and, and all, you know, uh, yeast pitch. And yeah, those things are, are important, I suppose, but mainly cleanly, <coughs> cleanliness and sanitization. Clean your stuff, sanitize it. They don't, don't happen at the same time, but, uh, use five star chemicals, uh, chemicals, I suppose, and, uh, everything will be okay. Don't worry. I don't, about I don't it. like to remember my life before. You know, five star, uh, you know, PBW and then star sand because it was just, it was not nice. <laughs> it was not nice. It was an unhappy world. I didn't know enough to, <laughs> you know. Yeah. I do remember yeah. uh, when I was bottling my first few batches, I would drop the caps on the floor and I go, they're fine. I'd pick them up, <laughs> put them on the, put them on the bottle. And then, you know, uh, I, I wouldn't put two and two together that uh, I had some gushers after that. Bottle variation. Yeah. What happened there? Yeah. A whole case. It was, it was craziness. So go to fivestarchemicals.com, learn all about them, and then uh, go to your homebrew shop and ask for them. You can find them at various homebrew shops online also, but always support your local first. And uh, if they don't have it, encourage them to carry it. They can contact Five Star as well. Help them stock the products that you want to buy from them. It will help them succeed. It will help you succeed. Everybody succeeds. We all win. We all want to succeed. Do you think there are any homebrew shops around that don't carry this stuff by now? <laughs> I, you know, I, yes. Yeah? Yes, wow. I have been, uh, yeah, all around homebrew shops. I have okay. seen homebrew shops that don't carry it, and I've seen homebrew shops like that that don't carry it. So, uh, uh, yeah, it's, uh, it's, a, it's a crazy world out there. I guess. <laughs> the foam cam is not on brand. Don't worry about it. We're lucky. Yeah, don't Ours worry about it. that. Uh, we also have to thank Brewtoad, our lovely sponsor, Brewtoad.com. It is an online uh, cloud-based... I suppose. Is that the word? That's the term, right? Cloud-based uh, yeah. recipe formulation software. Um, toads in the clouds, yeah. Yeah. So you, what you do is you go on to Bruto.com, you log in, you make a free account. It's all free. You don't have to pay for anything. And you can build your recipe right there. You can also store it right there. So you don't have anything on your on your hard drive. You don't have to print anything out. You don't have to keep any physical copy of whatever you're trying to do. Uh, the best part is I can go and I can find your recipe. 
and I can find it on Brewtoad, and I can follow it, and I think I can actually make comments on it now. Maybe that's something they're working on, but uh, it's going to be this, I think it is, this super interactive place where you can go and look at my recipes and we can talk about them and i can brew yours and you can leave notes on mine and i can leave notes on yours and it's a whole thing so go over to brewtoad.com in addition to just offering this real cool product for free um, they are our recipe sponsor for dr homebrew so what that means is everybody who's on the show uh uploads their recipe to dr homebrew so or excuse me to brewtoad so you go to brewtoad.com slash dr homebrew and you'll find all of our shows all of the BJCP score sheets that these guys are filling out for you, and all of the brewers' recipes entered by the brewers themselves. So and it's easy to sign in to that right on the front page. You go there's a mobile page, of course, on your phone. Bam! You can sign up with your Facebook. You don't even have to create an account. Just go in there, and the recipes go on there, and you're happy. Yeah, it's a real cool thing. I, I highly suggest you check it out. Brewtoad.com. And uh, what do we have tonight, guys? What kind of beer do we beer. have tonight? We have dark. dark it's a dark beer so we're going Tuesday. To the dark side here. We have a, a robust porter. Yes. And we have an oatmeal stout with peanut butter. Peanut butter. Peanut butter added. What's that about? Why would anyone want to do that? Well, uh, you'd have to ask. You will get the chance. Like I'm telling you this, you will get the chance to ask him that, JP. Oh, I will. Maybe I'll ask you first, but. That's the first. We're all going to say it simultaneously. Why what you were you this? thinking? Yes, this is one of these things we're always afraid to see. <laughs> I mean, there could be, you know, there, there's people out there. I've been drinking oatmeal stout all my life, and I just always thought it needed a little peanut butter, you know? I mean, it could. There are peanut butter heads out there? Is that what you're saying? I personally, I, I love peanut butter. Yeah. I just, I guess I would never have thought to put it in my beer before, like a weird ingredient like that. I mean. I've seen people do In fact, I think. I, Pretty, I remember judging a peanut butter and jelly beer last year. <laughs> it was, uh, you know, I don't think they'd added jelly, but it, they got those flavors in there. I mean, for all they know, they did add some fruit to that one. I yeah, yeah, it, it was. It wasn't bad. Um, it was interesting. Yeah, there's people out there that make their want to make their beer taste like an oatmeal cookie and all kinds of you know the yeah. Yeah. beer. So yeah, I mean, there's there's well, interesting we're... ideas all over. That's the fun thing about home brewing. You know, you yeah. can be creative. You can add peanut butter and some chilies and some lime and and lemongrass and make some you know <laughs> some Thai the... peanut sauce stout. <laughs> one that no one will ever drink. Right. Well, great. You never know. Well, that's true. See, I want to talk to this guy because not only do I want to know why why the peanut butter, but how much he made and let's say would you make 10 gallons of peanut butter oatmeal stout i don't know 80 90 put it on tap of the pub in your basement right. <laughs> i don't know we'll find yeah. out swim we'll in find it find out that's right bathe the dog in it all right well uh, we are going to take a break and then when we come back we'll have these intrepid brewers on the phone i believe we're going to speak with the brewer for the robust porter who is nate um and then uh yeah we'll find all about the robust porter and then after nate uh, we're going to get into that oatmeal stout with peanut butter. Hang in there, guys. It's Dr. Homebrew. We'll be back after this. Do you know the three most important rules in brewing? Sanitation, sanitation, and sanitation. And no one does it better than Five Star Chemicals. Five Star knows sanitation. You can only sanitize clean equipment. And Five Star knows how to clean, too. For craft brewers and home brewers, Five Star has what you need to keep your fermenters, serving tanks, kegs and draft lines sparkling and free of any beer-spoiling bacteria. PBW, caustic, acid cleaners, star sand, Santa Clean, lubricants and defoamers, pH stabilizers, and more. Five Star Chemicals has cleaning supplies, safety supplies, heat exchangers, pumps, hoses, and valves. And Five Star is proud to offer eco-friendly products that exceed customer expectations. If you have a cleaning problem, you need the Five Star Solution. Visit FiveStarChemicals.com or call 800-782-7019. 800-782-7019. And get the Five star treatment today hey woolly i'm beat can we find a nice tree to just hang out in for a while you're beat i've been swinging through this forest for 50 years ever since we ever since we first escaped from the circus i know i know but there's got to be more to life than exploring this creek and trying to populate the valley by copulating with loose hairy girls Mark, we stop look what is that it looks like a man-made treehouse. With fresh food. And craft beer. Welcome to the Creek Monkey Tap House, boys. Grab a seat. 
Creek Monkeys drink free. <laughs> awesome! The Creek Monkey Tap House in Martinez, California takes their mission of fresh food and beer seriously. They only serve locally raised beef and chicken as well as local sustainable produce. It's better for you and the planet and it just tastes better. The beer and wine at Creek Monkey Tap House are chosen with the same care for the highest quality and rotate frequently to make each visit an adventure. Yeah. Swing on into the Creek Monkey Tap House and enjoy a new legend of amazing food, beer, and wine. The Creek Monkey Tap House, online at creekmonkey.com. Come along now. It's time for your medication. All right, thanks for sticking with us. It is Dr. Homebrew, and on the line we should have Nate Brewer of the Robust, the Robe, the the ru- Robot, the Robot, pop, the Robot po- p- Planter, the Robot Planter. Nate, are you there? <laughs> hey guys, how you doing, man? Hello. Good, thanks. Can you hear me? I can hear you just fine. Great. Can you hear us? Yeah, sound perfect. A Skype success. Woohoo! Nice. First work. time, great. First time, long time. Uh, how long have you been homebrewing, man? Uh, about four years. And, uh, is this your first robust porter? No, it's, it's been a slow and steady, uh, work to make it better. I like the style and it's, out of all the ones I've brewed, this style has been giving me the most headaches. Really? And, uh, yeah, I don't know why. I did, I've, this is one of the best, um, examples I've had of it so far, but I know there's a lot more, uh, it, it could be a lot uh, more better, as they say. <laughs> a lot gooder <laughs> Right. Uh, so what are you looking to get out of uh, sending us your beer? You just want a little feedback on recipe and stuff like that? Yeah, it specifically helped me uh, just make the recipe better. But uh, this one here, and I'm, I'm sure you guys got it, <clears throat> I'm getting a weird odor. And uh, I, I don't think it's infected, but uh, it, maybe it is. But I don't know what the house don't. This is different for me, and I'm usually good at picking stuff out. So, all feedback is greatly appreciated. All right. Well, uh, we'll let Brian get right into this. He's a snout. He has a snout full already. I I wouldn't I wouldn't call it an infected, but uh, yeah. I mean, the aroma has a pleasant, clean, kind of lightly roast, roasty malt aroma with uh, undertones of toast and a bit of chocolate. Um, you know, hops are really subdued. Uh, just a hint of some kind of citrusy U.S. hop ester, uh, hop in there. The uh, esters are pretty pleasant, low and fruity, not over the top. You know, you don't don't want to get too crazy there. Uh, didn't get any diacetyl or DMS. Um, Rumble was pretty pleasant. Uh, color is a rich brown color. Appears a bit murky in there. There's a little. There was a little bit of haze when you could see, you could see at the corner of the glasses, but not too bad. Um, light tan head, kind of started medium and. and Persisted for just a short while, but uh, faded to a kind of a collar, a little ring of bubbles around the glass here. It's dropping a little faster than I'd, I'd like, but that's okay. Um, you know, roasty in the flavor, roasty malt is up front with an edge of kind of tropical fruit esters. Uh, to me, it finished kind of semi sweet with low hops and low bitterness, just a touch of kind of a, uh, a floral hop note in there. Uh, Pretty well balanced to the roast malt. There was some some coffee and cocoa going on in there. Uh, pretty clean ale fermentation profile. Uh, fruity dark malts linger in the aftertaste. Um, in a way, it kind of reminded me of like a um, uh, foreign extra stout. It's it's maybe a little more stout like than than porter like in ways, and it's it, it might be missing some of the more kind of middle. Middle malts, uh, it's not. It doesn't have a lot of carameliness in, in the aroma or the flavor, which is something that I noted. But uh, body-wise, kind of medium-bodied, no astringency, pretty smooth actually. Kind of velvety mouthfeel, creamy, silky. That was pretty nice. Um, you know, medium carbonation as it should. Uh, no real big alcohol warmth detected there. Uh, you know, just a nice, clean overall, nice, clean drinking, robust porter with some notes uh, similar to foreign extra style. Like I said. Um, you know the ester seemed a little high in um, in the flavor, not as much in the aroma. I think, it, but uh, just kind of an odd fruitiness, maybe from the malts, maybe not from fermentation generated esters. But 
Um, playing with the malt profile, it's kind of makes for an interesting beer there. Uh, like I said, a little stout-like. Um, you might reduce the, the fermentation temp a bit to, to and ensure a healthy, vigorous yeast pitch to you know, keep, um, keep your yeast happy. And um, that would... That would uh, uh, I can't read my own writing. But help <laughs> help keep this in check. It's you know, but it seems nicely brewed. Seems like a pretty good recipe. Uh, you could back off the roast touch and, like I said, maybe bring up the caramel elements a little bit. Is that um, what you meant? Uh, sorry to uh, jump in, Brian. Is that what you meant when you said it tastes more stouty than portery? Yeah, it's interesting because un- underneath the the roast, which should be up front, you get uh, kind of this toasty flavor, mm-hmm. and and you know the. The robust porter style can have elements of toast and, you know, uh, can have some nuttiness, some, some biscuitiness, some, you know, a lot of different flavors, some caramel, some, some toffee-like in there. There can be a lot of different undertones that accent the, the malt. And to me, this is just all like base malt and roast, which is more mm-hmm. stout-like to me and, and a little toast in there, like a kind of maybe a Munich-y kind of presence. But we'll talk about the recipe when we get there. Uh, but yeah, that's, it's a pretty good beer. I give it a 34. And I like I like drinking it. All right, I'm gonna keep going here. Thanks, well, Lee. That's you, yeah, man. That's me. What? What was me? Okay. Um, what did I give this beer here? So I got a little bit of a sort of a peat smoky ashy note in the nose, but it sort of went away real fast. It was just an initial impression. After that, it was kind of ashy chocolate, a little bit of a maybe a strawberry ester, kind of a s- little bit of a spicy resiny hop, um, some toasted malt aromas and a little licorice note um it's pretty clean no dms or diacetyl i didn't really pick up anything off in the nose poured a nice creamy fine textured low tan head it persisted pretty well um black opaque i I could not really manage to see through this beer even with putting a flashlight behind it it was a wall i couldn't see anything which is fine in this style but it's interesting um i just kind of wonder why it's like that um dark ashy roast note initial licorice hint uh, fades to a toasted bread, dry cocoa, cherry, ester, some coffee flavor, low spicier woody hop flavor, supporting bittering levels. Uh, it's really more about the malt than the bittering. Although, I think tonight when I'm trying this, I'm getting a little more bitter for it than I did uh, when I tried it originally. Um, the balance is slightly to the malt versus the bittering and the roast drying. Finish is almost dry with lingering toast and cocoa and an almost soda water-like mineral profile, I thought. I'm wondering how salty the water is here. Interesting. Um, medium body and carbonation. Um, medium initial creaminess fades to a roast malt drying, but leaves a slight stickiness on the lips. No heat or astringency. Um, I thought it was a very nice, if somewhat unusual, robust porter. Good flavor profile. Maintains some interesting curiosity through it. Um, it starts with an almost stout-like roast. I mean, it's very dark, ashy roast up front. You know, it's really almost more like a Guinness or something. But it gives way to a very deeply toasty malt flavor with a bit of a almost cherry flavor to it and some cocoa. It, it, it almost fades into a, something that's more like a dunkle than a porter or a stout. Um, so I thought that was kind of interesting. That, that's why I thought it was such an interesting beer. It's just definitely not your average robust porter. Uh, if you want to make it into more a standard robust porter... Uh, maybe throttle back the really deep roast malts, whatever you have in there for that a little bit. Maybe add a little bit of crystal malt. I didn't pick up a whole lot of that kind of crystal caramel sweetness, which is pretty common. Um, but having said that, I think this is an interesting beer. I would kind of leave it as it is. I wouldn't mess with all that stuff. It's The toasty, bready uh, character is kind of interesting. Um Got a little more esters in some of these, at least the American ones. I thought it was a pretty nice beer. Um, the one other thing I sort of picked up on tonight was it's a little bit in the tart. I wouldn't say really tart or acidic, but there it's is got a low sharp, pH. Yeah. It's, it's, it's fairly sharp on that. And that yeah, that yeah. can work with a darker beer, but what does maybe, that come from? Um, it's just water pH. No, roast malts bring bring the pH down, giving a acidic note. Um, maybe a touch of some calcium carbonate to bring the pH up a bit would would help, but. You know, sometimes it's better to leave it nice and tart like this, and sometimes it helps to help smooth it out a little bit. Definitely, if you want a smoother flavor profile, it would probably help. My beers get this a little bit too, and and if if it's a little heavy like like this can be, it's hard for me to drink it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, you know, one way you can test it out if you get a little bit of chalk, mm-hmm. calcium carbonate at home. I do. Just put a pinch of it in yeah. your, into a glass, put the beer in, see if it changes the flavor, brings it to where you want it. Oh, okay, and then so 
if it does, if it corrects, then it's a water thing. And if it doesn't, yeah. Um, yeah. Well, add it, more. It'll or, correct it. Oh, okay. It's whether you like the flavor profile. At that <laughs> oh, okay. Point. But you know, it doesn't take much, you know, like a little little bit under your fingernails, probably enough for a couple ounces of beer. Yeah. Um, doesn't take much salt to bring it up like that. Calcium carbonate or sodium bicarbonate, some baking soda is a little easier to get in there. Okay. All right. Anyways. So that's what I thought. I actually gave it a 38. I thought it was a pretty nice beer. The, it was an interest, somewhat unusual flavor profile, but it was good. So what did you not like about it? <laughs> me? Yeah, yeah. you and me. <laughs> well, when you first pour it, uh, it's just like uh, sour. It's this most bizarre, odd aroma that I've ever smelled in my life. I, I don't want to say it's sour, but it, it, it makes me lend my mind to that. And then it, it kind of comes through in the flavor and I, I can't place it. And I, maybe you, maybe you guys kind of got that too. It was like, well, this is different, but it's, it's not bad and wrong, but it's, it's very odd and unusual. It could be that sharpness and, and acidity. So how, how acidic or alkaline is your water there? My water is off the charts alkaline. Uh, I got yeah. my report here. Bicarbonates are 354. You should be uh, doing some really good dark beers. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, but I, and I've I've tried this same recipe, the one before this one. I brewed straight up with my water, and it was just a little. Uh, it, it worked once, and in the other time it didn't work at all. So mm-hmm. I'm like, screw it. <laughs> all my beers anymore. I just do straight RO and I and I doctor it. And it looks like here I use 40 percent of my water and 60 percent RO. Added 11 grams each of gypsum and calcium uh, chloride, and my pH still was being a bitch. And I put three tablespoons of phosphoric acid for a, a 5.75 pH. Right. So, um, 5.75 pH is where it ended up. You measured that? Yes. Okay. So the gypsum is going to bring your pH down. So if you're worried about an acidic tasting beer, that's only probably going to make it worse. Calcium carbonate will bring it up, or sodium bicarbonate will bring it up. Uh, those are the things you want to raise the pH and try and cut that acidic f- flavor. Um, and the phosphoric acid obviously is going to make it more acidic again. So, I mean, it sounds like you got the the right idea trying to to get the pH corrected, but it doesn't taste like a 5.75 pH beer. That sounds like a little like a chemistry experiment yeah, there. Yeah, it does. You know, I might just go back and just brew it with your water and start over with that rather than trying to engineer it, you know. Mm-hmm. That's true. I thought that gypsum and, and, and the calcium chloride both will drop the um, uh, yeah. will help help drop your pH. Yeah, that's right. Did you? you and said of course, gypsum. my all these roast malts should do it as well. Gypsum, and, I don't think will. It's a calcium but they both carbonate. Have calcium in it. It's the carbonate that does it. I mean, the the problem is no. That's that's chalk. It's calcium uh, carbonate. Calcium. Yeah. Uh, calcium sulfide gypsum. Yeah. yeah. Generally, the yes. calcium helps reduce the uh, the pH of the mash, making it making it more acidic. Yeah, you know, I'm I just, pretty sure my water's carb- a bear. You're not carbonate buying that works better than the gypsum. I know that. I'm gonna have to go back and dig this up again. But um, yeah, the the sulfate. I think it's the carbonate really works quite strongly for that. Um, the sulfate, I don't think, does much. Um, there's an excellent discussion in this in John Palmer's online edition of his uh, How to Brew book. And you can look it up there, and I should probably look it up now or during the break to make sure I get this right. But I'm, I'm pretty <laughs> sure the gypsum isn't going to help you a whole lot with this. The carbonate will. Um, that's I mean that's what's classically in the Dublin water is carbonate that makes it so mm. hard and good for doing roast, dark mm. roasty beers like this. Yeah. Um, and that may be what you've got going on. The other thing I'd be curious about what what kind of dark malts did you put in here? Uh, this was a 15 gallon batch, and um, there was. One and three quarter pounds of three fifty chocolate, <clears throat> and uh, I used a three quarter pound of black patent, which I am uh, slowly backing away from using that altogether. Just trying to find other dark greens to, re- to replace it. I hate that grain. I've yeah. thrown it out of all my all my dark beers. Yeah, that it. that's probably why it's coming across like a stout. I mean that that's past what you just need to color it and is getting into being a pretty serious flavor addition there. So th- that is a, a question from the chat is is if you guys can clarify a little bit what you think the difference between a stout and a porter is. Cuz there is that line. I mean I have my own thoughts but uh That line kind of gets fuzzed sometimes. I mean in my mind a stout is more about having the ashy dark really roast grains in it as the dominant roast profile, whereas a porter is more sort of the chocolatey grain profile. But it can have some of that darker, ashier stuff. But mm-hmm. I would say it's not about that. 
Okay. Whereas a stout is usually more about that. About those darker, roasty yeah. flavors. Yeah. Although, okay. I mean, some of like the oatmeal stouts won't be quite so intense on that front. But yeah. um, they're, they're also not about having a lot of chocolate malt and things like that in them. So it, 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 it can be a very fuzzy line sometimes. <laughs> yeah. I mean, the, the stouts, too, a lot of times are with the dry stout, it's about the roasted barley character in there, too. It has that dry, roasty note in it. So. Whereas, mm-hmm. you know, porters, you, just, you want just enough of that roast to balance with all the other stuff going on and not not go too far over that line. <laughs> just to be there, but not to yeah. not to be really noticeable. Yeah. Okay. Although roast, cool. robust porter more so than, you know, if you called this a brown porter, then we'd really, uh, you'd call it off style because it's just too, too roasty, you know, too, too extremely roasty. But it's not, you know, the beer itself is not too intensely roasty to be a, a still a porter. It's just uh, it, a little more of other things, other elements in there would help to balance it out a little better. Awesome. Well, Nate, what do you think? Oh, I love the feedback. Um, yeah. Instead of the, the black patent, what would you guys recommend to uh, replace that? Well, Smoke less malt. less black patent. You know, chop it down to a quarter pound or something, yeah. um, or just some. Oh, the black barley branded stuff is often pretty much the same. Um, some roast barley or some roast malt instead of the black patent or some roast barley. Just, like, just use less of the really darkly ashy stuff. You can always bump up the chocolate malt you're putting in there to balance it out and keep the color up. Yeah, you can do that. What about like a carafa too or something You can like do that. that too. That'll give a nice smooth darkness and sort of a... Almost, I mean, to me, it almost comes across like slate-like kind of flavor, although it's getting kind of synesthetic there, but... Mm. Um, that's that's a nice flavor. To clean. That's an too. interesting idea. You don't see a lot of classic porter recipes with carafa in it, but yeah, that, no, that, that it's not to, a classic porter. It'd thing, be fun to try. Yeah, yeah. But I, I think also they got quarter pound. If you if you're doing a 15 gallon batch, that you know, quarter pound of roast might be a little too light. You know, that it, you it was what a pound and a half in there. I mean, if, maybe start so by pack- cut, cutting it back to two thirds of what you put in there and just see where that goes. You know, okay. Maybe bring up the the darker chocolate a bit. Sound good, Nate? Awesome. Yeah, sounds great. All right. Any other questions for the guys? I think we covered it on the uh, the water and the dark side. Okay. Are you going to try to brew this again with the uh, the notes here? Yeah, I'm going to do. Uh, nice. I'm going to do this batch with straight up my water, give it another shot, and uh, I'll probably just pull the patent out altogether and just roll of chocolate, maybe a sprinkle of carafa. Yeah. Well, do it. Let us know what you think. Let us know how it one comes out. One other thing, I, uh, I forgot. I wanted to ask you this. Um, yeah. all, all I added for um, uh, my crystal malts was I, I just had some 120, and I put two and a half pounds in, which I think that was eight percent. If I was looking at my beer smith thing here, uh, other than that, it's just Maris Otter, I mean, a ton of it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So uh, maybe go with a lower uh, crystal malt as well, that like a 40 and the 120. They kind of I don't know. Make it in more interesting or something. Yeah, like a yeah. lower amount and more dynamic use of them, maybe. It, yeah, higher higher L, like the forty L or the. It uh, would bring out a more sweeter, more straight up caramel flavor to do that. Mm-hmm. Um, I get. I imagine probably some of the toastiness I'm picking up here might be coming out of that really high love stuff that can come across pretty toffee like sometimes. Was there some Munich in here? None at all. None. No? Okay. No, wow. that cherries are fermented yeah. then. I guess I wasn't wasn't sure about <laughs> that. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, um, uh, you could if you want. Again, I actually think this is a very interesting beer as it is. Maybe a little pH correction would help. But, um, you know, do what you want. It's your it's your recipe. Um, <laughs> figure out how to make it please you. You're the one who's going to drink the most of it. That's true. And, yep. uh, but I appreciate the feedback. And uh, that's it was a riddle and wrapped in an enigma, and I'm glad your eyes helped me crack it here. <laughs> cool. Awesome. That's what we do here. <laughs> we're, we're just giving you more riddles and enigmas. If you listen to everything we said, we're just contradicting ourselves all the time. Delayed to take that here, yeah. Don't listen to anything we're all, we say. We're all learning. Yeah, all right, Nate. Thanks. Riddle's not here. <laughs> thanks, right, man. Thanks, guys. All right, take it easy. The Riddler has left the building. All right. Good beer, though. Yeah, very yeah, good. Beer. I like it. No, I Tasty. like that beer. You can drink a lot of that. All right. Uh, what do you say? Let's take a break, and then when we come back, we're going to get to this uh, oatmeal stout with peanut butter. Okay. All right. All right. Hang on, everybody. We'll be back in a bit. Since the first time the Brewing Network microphones turned on, more beer was behind it. 
More Beer sponsors the programming on the BN because, like you, they love brewing. And like the Brewing Network, they love sharing their knowledge. Morebeer.com isn't just a website to place your next equipment or ingredient order. Morebeer.com also gives you access to free beer information that will make you a better brewer. Go to morebeer.com and click into the Learning Center. You'll find podcasts, technical facts, video tutorials, and more, including access to The Buzz, More Beer's social network of more than 5,000 members. And some of them might even be crazier about beer than you are. Get over to morebeer.com today and take advantage of The Buzz, The Forum, The Learning Center, and make sure you're signed up to receive the newest More Beer catalog. More Beer, bringing you absolutely everything for beer making. Have you ever wished for quick, easy access to your beer recipes and conversion or calculator tools? Maybe you're brewing at a friend's house or a big club brew day and need a quick mash water calculator. Or you're standing in your local homebrew shop and realize you didn't bring the recipe with you. Again. Brewtoad is the answer. Brewtoad.com is the best way to create share, and discover homebrew recipes. Brewtoad looks great on your desktop, but it really shines on your smartphone or tablet so you can have it at your fingertips anywhere you go. Best of all, Brewtoad is free. Check out the brewers, recipes, and great tools at Brewtoad.com right now. More than 40,000 brewers already use Brewtoad to document their current and past brew logs, track their recipes, and rank their beers. Sign up for your free account today at Bruto.com. Make beer. Hey, dude, you know what beer this is? Oh, uh, no, all the labels are falling off. Yeah, or the ink is run. Well, if it's the pale ale, you're good, but stay away from the quote-unquote Belgian. Oh, man, this guy needs to get some grog tags. Grog tags are reusable, write-on, wipe-off, commercial-grade bottle labels for your brew. The guys at Grog Tag are homebrewers. They wanted great-looking, sturdy labels for your bottles, buckets, carboys, kegs, and growlers. They also wanted a label that not only looks good, but can be easily removed and reapplied during bottling without that nasty glue residue being left behind. No residue, water-resistant, and ice chest-approved. Grog Tags stay on in water or an ice chest, and they stay legible. Visit grogtag.com to customize your label or coaster from dozens of different templates for free and see how awesome your bottles can look. Ugh, it's that pseudo-Belgian. Yeah, we're getting him some Grog Tags, dude. Grog Tag. At least your beer will look good. Grogtag.com. Count backwards from 100. 99, All right, everybody, welcome back to Dr. Homebrew. You guys here, we're just doing a little research um, on salts and water additions and stuff like that. Fix that embarrassing little snafu. <laughs> to, fix, uh, to fix up Nate, what did you guys find out? Well, what we found out, and I just simply pulled up John Palmer's online uh, book here, and this is pretty much what I thought the case was. Calcium carbonate, chalk, raises the pH. Calcium sulfate. Gypsum lowers the pH. Calcium chloride also lowers the pH. The reason for all this is is that the calcium itself tends to drop the pH. It combines with fight and it releases hydrogen ions, makes pH go down. But the carbonate does the opposite effect, and it can actually counterbalance and overwhelm the chalk. So it will actually raise the pH directly. You can also use sodium bicarbonate to raise the pH. It will do a good job on that as well. If you add too much of that, though, you might start getting a real salty flavor. But it's actually probably a really good way to quickly get a pH adjustment on there. Actually, if you're doing that little trick I was talking about where you just add a little bit into a glass of beer, yeah. I would actually use the, the, the baking soda, the sodium bicarbonate. It'll act a little better. It dissolves quicker. Okay. Um, it, you can make it salty again, but you know, you're know you checking the pH effect. It's a good quick check on it. Okay. Yeah. So you want the chalk to bring the pH... Up. Up. So if you want to do that, stick with that. Okay. 
yeah, that's going to counterbalance some of the acidity of those dark malts there. So keep it happy. Or awesome. just, yeah, start with alkaline water if you if you have it. You know. That's the thing. You, you adjust one thing at a time so you know what you're doing, right? Yeah. And I mean, to the, the case where Nate was going there, I mean, I would if he's going to mash in with just his straight local water, which sounded carbonate is all get out, Yeah, um, do it. And then just take a quick pH reading and maybe another one about five or ten minutes in. And if it's not where you want it, then start hitting with the additions. Okay, into uh, the mash. Yeah, into okay. the mash. Maybe you could do a little half-pound test mash on the side if you want to be scientific about it. But um, see where see where that water will get you. That should actually be good yeah. water. Although for a porter, maybe it's overwhelmingly carbonate. I don't know. Hmm. Yeah. Nate does uh, seem fairly scientific. He's monitoring everything there. I yeah. Mean, so, you know. He's yeah. paying attention to the things that matter, and that's good. So keep <laughs> yeah. it up and keep trying different yeah. things. Uh, you could try that nomogram in Palmer's book if you can figure it out. It's, it's doable. It's just kind of a pain to ruler your way across that yeah. thing. You also put some um, peanut butter in instead of all those salts. Yeah. Yeah. Speaking yeah. of peanut Maybe butter. Maybe some almond butter. <laughs> some macadamia nut butter would be nice. Eric, does, uh, does the thought of almond butter offend you? No, not at all. <laughs> this is Eric, everybody. He is the one who brewed the oatmeal stout with peanut butter inside of it how you doing friend doing well you guys great great good. so we're talking at the top of the show uh what possessed you to do this tell us all your theories about it uh it just sounded tasty yeah that was it just one day you're like you know what this beer really needs it's a good dollop of peanut butter i was laying on the couch one night and I <laughs> crushed thought, up peanut oh that's that seems like something would be really tasty. it smells like a fresh jar of peanut butter it does huh? i've never um Oh, yeah. It, yeah, it, it, I've it, never experienced this before. This is not a hidden threshold level edition. No, it is not. No, no, it's it not. It is right out there. You definitely don't have to work for it. So the question we had, we should probably put off all these great questions till after, but chunky or creamy? Uh, powder. 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 Powder Look peanut at you. butter. You sneak. Oh, we're getting high tech. Uh, so how long have you been brewing, Eric? I would imagine it's a little bit if you're trying to track down powdered peanut butter. Yeah, probably about, uh, let's see, three, four years now. Okay. Great. And um, is this extract or all grain? It is all grain. All grain. Have you been doing all grain for a while? Yeah, I started out with like one one or two maybe full extract batches and then jumped into a mini mash and then did that for a couple months and then jumped right into all grain. Yeah, see, that's what I did too, man. Is it, you know, I, I maybe did three or two mini mash batches i was like forget this i'm doing the work i'm just gonna do the work yeah so okay well let's let's jump into the beer guys what do you think lee let's jump into it you want to start off um well like i said the peanut is not subtle in this that that said um actually it balances out pretty well um it's not like one of these overwhelming additions that just takes over the beer and makes it nasty it's actually kind of a, a background thing it's a strong background thing but um so where are we here? Oatmeal stout, peanut butter, cocoa with roast ashy edge, and a peanut aroma. Fairly even balance between them. No hops noted. Low berry ester. Hints of charcoal and a melanoid and toasty note. No DMS or diacetyl. It was black beer. It still is. Uh, looked like it's probably pretty decent clarity. Um, pours a medium tan fine head, which in my glass faded pretty quickly to light cover. I think Brian got better retention in his. Might have to talk to JP about glass washing <laughs> around here. Hey, um, uh, you know, I don't do any of that stuff. Yeah, no, that's, that's why we need your hands on this. <laughs> um, and, uh, blah, blah, blah. Maybe the peanut butter also could have been, if there's oil in it, could have been behind that too, was my theory. For the flavor, roast malt cocoa coffee with a charcoal note, evenly balanced with an obvious peanut flavor. No missing it. No hop flavor. IBUs low for style, but um, supported the beer well. The finish is peanut with a little bit of charcoal, coffee, and semi-sweet character to it. No DMS or diacetyl. Low toasty note. Low berry ester again. Good oatmeal flavor and finish. is kind of a grainy kind of oatmeal flavor. Some oily slickness on the palate, which is appropriate to oatmeal stout. I kind of wonder if the peanuts might add to that as well. Medium body, medium carbonation, not hot or astringent. I thought it was uh, good, fairly high creaminess. Um, I think Brian disagrees on that, but that's okay. Um, we are we here to disagree sometime. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Um, 
Maybe he's right. I don't know. Maybe it's more the slickness from the oats that I'm picking up than creaminess. Um, overall, I actually thought it was a nice beer. It's very drinkable. It's a decent balance. Cleanly made. It's pleasant. I actually would drink a pint of this and maybe even a second. Um, the oat- I probably want some jam to go with it, though. <laughs> um, the oatmeal stout um, was fairly charcoal and ash forward for that style. You might consider, if you wanted to get a more straight-up oatmeal stout sort of thing, to shift to a slightly lighter coffee-like rose flavor. Maybe a little less black patent if you're using things like that or some more chocolate malt in the balance. Of course, we don't know what you're using yet, so it could be dead wrong there. Um, the peanut butter edition. Um, I thought it was good, but it could perhaps be throttled back a bit. It probably depends what you want. This kind of flavor, it stays in the background, but there's a lot of it. It's a big background. So I would maybe decrease it by a quarter to half. Um, but all in all, I think it's well-balanced and made. It's good specialty beer. It's a good job. Cool. Thank and you. that peanut butter flavor stays on your palate for like many, many minutes afterwards. It really it does. Go away. Yeah. <laughs> You're welcome. Yeah. So I, actually, I gave it a 36. <laughs> All right, Brian, 36, what do you think? <clears throat> yeah, um, it, in the aroma, it had a roasty and nutty uh, together right up front, and so you got the, the roast of the of the stout and the nuttiness of the peanut butter. It had some other kind of nutty elements in it, too. It wasn't, it wasn't just always straight peanut butter. It came across with some, like, hazelnut-like flavors and, and uh, some other kinds of nuts. Uh, there is, like, a hazelnut ar- yeah. aroma. Yeah, hazelnut yeah. aroma. And... Uh, some some kind of cold coffee supporting that not very sweet smelling um and i would have liked it to be maybe a little more sweet uh no real hops detected there which is fine but uh mild fruity esters buried beneath everything else uh no no buttery or dmse corn like stuff um the peanut butter character to me comes across kind of like the uh when when you're finishing the you know late at night when you have a, a spoon in your hand and you're finishing off the last of the the dregs of the in the peanut butter jar and, and yeah. just scraping it out of there as i commonly do uh you know it, after the peanut butter has been in there for a while it can it smells a little oxidized or it's kind of a little maybe staler smelling but mm-hmm. so it had a little bit of that kind of element to it and i don't know like a darker yeah i was yeah. trying to think of ways that would make you have a fresher even fresher peanut butter taste but or aroma maybe a fine point but um yeah uh appearance though is jet black really really dark nearly opaque seems clear at the corners of the glass can't really tell but uh you know it had a fine textured tan colored head that started medium and and to me it persisted surprisingly well i expected to see the head just fall flat mm-hmm. and i was writing out my score sheet and the head was still there i drank a little bit the head was still there you know so uh it, it's gone now but it, you know you can swirl it and get it back up there too so that you know peanut butter should have some oils and i thought it would just kill everything but uh maybe the powder is the trick i don't know yeah <laughs> Uh, flavor, you know, roast malt is uh, medium high with, you know, slightly kind of burnt stale coffee notes in there. Uh, the nuttiness is there. It has some kind of cashew almond like elements in there along with the peanut. Uh, still pretty nicely balanced between the base style and the nutty aspect. Um, finishes medium dry, has just enough ba- sweetness to balance in the flavor. And, uh, you know, the bitterness was kind of, uh, medium, no other real hop character detected. You shouldn't, that would just probably throw it all off if you had too much hop in there. So that's good. Um, and again, that little kind of odd, uh, peanut butter taste, uh, like the end of the jar to me, but, um, comes through and, and, uh, stick around for a long time in the aftertaste there. So that sticks with you medium full bodied. And again, uh, for me, it was not as creamy as expected with an oatmeal stout. You drink a good oatmeal stout and it has that, uh, that feeling on your tongue and just really like creamy, silky textured, and um, to me, this one didn't quite have all of that. Um, it did have a you know low kind of oatmeal oily slickness to it, uh, but uh, it wasn't quite as smooth as I kind of hoped. But uh, on the mouthfeel, a uh, little bit of astringency probably from the dark grains and maybe even a little oversparging or something like that. But and it, it does have a touch of alcohol warmth, uh, medium carbonation in there. Uh, so I guess uh, yeah. Overall, the the beer it was you know really not a bad oatmeal stout maybe just a little on the the rich roasty big side, uh, but amazingly the peanut butter stood up to that. Um, not not quite as fresh peanut butter taste as I'd like, and I, I don't know. I mean, it's hard sometimes to preserve flavors in a finished beer that you're you're trying to add. It's always going to change when you're you know 
putting fermentation in the mix. So right, um, it's never going to be the exact a, same when you went. Yeah, right. A pumpkin beer with just pumpkin, the pumpkin just goes away, it just ferments it, it out. You know, out. there's um, sweeter flavors are, are hard to to keep around. So maybe that's why I'm getting the, the flavor I'm getting. But uh, still, you get a lot of that uh, peanut butter in the aftertaste, and it really does linger quite well. Some. Some uh, some more general nuttiness in there too kind of keeps it interesting. Interesting, but can you it, plan for that? Can you maybe make the beer a little a little sweeter, maybe a little more yeah. crystal malt in there to kind of I mean, with make beers, up for that? Raise where, the mash temperature. Yeah, where you want to bring yeah. out some sweetness and and or where you're going to be adding a lot of you know adjuncts to a beer and you want to keep some sweetness or some balance. You you would want to um, you would want to raise the mash temperature and you know peanut butter if it has sugar in it, which most peanut butter does. Uh, you know, that's going to, that's going to dry out the beer a little bit too there. And, mm. uh, so, you know, raise the mash temp maybe more than you, you even would for the base beer, uh, just to counterbalance that a little bit. So you want um, to ferment everything. Yeah. Right. Okay. And you try with different, different ways of adding the peanut butter. The, I don't, I've never, this is the powdered peanut butter. I've never heard of this. Does it, does it also have powdered toast in it? <laughs> <laughs> no. Okay. Where do you find uh, powdered peanut butter? Um, astronauts. I actually ordered it on Amazon, but uh, you can get it in a lot of grocery stores now. And it's hmm. made by Bell Plantation and just add water, basically. Do you use it? This is a dumb question. I feel like I feel like I'm interviewing like a, a, a Martian for the first time. Do you <laughs> do you have it in the home? Is that how you make your peanut butter? Some people maybe. No, no, no. I don't typically use it. I uh, I bought it just for the beer okay. because it was the easiest way to get it in there. I have just, to ask these things. I apologize. No, that's fine. Yeah, I actually, I uh, I just heated up some water and then put it in a Erlenmeyer flask and then threw the hot water in there to to kind of sterilize it in case, or yeah, partially sterilize it in case there was anything in it, mm-hmm. and then let it cool and then threw that into my secondary. So why use that instead of regular peanut butter out of a jar? Um, supposedly it's got less oil in it, less so that oil. was yeah, you know, that was kind of the big part of trying to keep the oils down and also you know usually coming out of the jar it's not very runny so i was able to adjust you know with water this way and make it so it would run freely free running peanut butter yeah well that all makes sense yeah i, mean, I imagine the stuff probably used to make sauces the peanuts it yeah flavored stuff in them too but I yeah imagine. yeah that's an interesting so how much of this did you add i added a pound of it a pound wow and so how many gallons how much beer in five gallons. Five gallons well, it was gallons. actually like a six gallons. Uh-huh. That's a lot of peanut. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, I actually, I heard Jamil talking about it in the past, and he was saying, you know, oh, yeah, I like a really solid peanut butter flavor. So I was thinking, well, you know, I've never done it before. I'll start with a pound and see where it goes. Who's so. this Jamil guy you speak of? Is he a magician? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> He's a guy who talks about it, a lot of stuff he's never done. <laughs> I like a solid amount of peanut. Have you brewed a peanut? No. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, well, it well it worked pretty well, actually. I like that beer. Um, it probably could use a little less peanut butter, but that might just be a matter of my preference. I, I Yeah. I, I mean, I guess it depends on what you're going for. It's like it's like an oak, like oak booze-aged beer, right? Are you going for booze Oak aged or oak booze aged? Yeah. Like you went for oatmeal stout with peanut butter or peanut butter oatmeal stout? I just need some jam. You now. can just experiment with the peanut edition methods. I mean, you could even do a split batch and, you know, do three different kinds of peanut butter and do the powder in one. Just do regular old pe- chunky peanut butter and another creamy and, another, you know, your favorite brands. Open a fresh jar of, of whatever it is and, and, you know, to how, throw caution to the wind. Just dump some oil in your beer. It, you know, <laughs> what's worse is going to happen. Or you could go to the trouble of, of actually making peanut butter. And I think we made peanut butter in my like second grade class. It's not hard to do. And I was like, cool, you can make your own peanut butter. Like, then later I discovered you can make your own beer. But um, yeah, then I, I mean, realized just, I can buy both of those at the that store. Way you could, yeah, and you could put as much or as little or no oil in it as you wanted. Just get fresh peanuts and maybe use beer instead of oil. I don't know. Or, or wort, you know. I, I don't know. Mess around with it. I will say it, it does taste like I just had some dry roasted peanuts. And with that, with, with a little with chocolate roasty, yeah, it, it's it's a very pleasant aftertaste. It is a bit nutty, actually. Yeah, some more chocolate malt might be nice. End up tasting like mm-hmm. a Reese's peanut butter. Yeah, now. yeah, <laughs> yeah. I would like a little more chocolateiness yeah. in the base beer. Yeah, that would be kind of cool. Right. So, um, enough from us. Do you have any more questions for us about this <laughs> stuff? I and mean, what, what? Where would you take this? 
Well, actually, that's exactly kind of what I was hoping to get out of it was a little bit more of like a peanut butter cup. But uh, I was getting the the same problems you guys were were basically commenting on in the in the base stout, you know. And to me, it came off real like salty or astringent, mm-hmm. and uh, what much was more the than mash- I was looking for. The mash temp you used. It was. It was about 152. Yeah. I would want to start a little higher. Yeah, maybe try 156 the next time or something like that and see where it goes. But yeah. What about okay. some like crystal malt? Like if you want to if you want to get that little sweetness, maybe what do you think? A little crystal malt, maybe some chocolate malt, maybe some nibs. Yeah. You might not want to go maybe. too crazy with the crystal, but yeah, no. some 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 interesting more a little some more middle malts in there. More yeah. like body yeah, I mean, if you just want to give it a little sweetness and body, maybe some, some uh, carap- fairly low lav crystal. I, I, mean, I wouldn't do the carapil. Well, you could. <laughs> you or could try just it. like a 20 lav. Carapils. Uh, you don't like carapils, do you? It's all right. Actually, no, they can <laughs> work very well. But the, tw- the 20 lav will give a little extra sort of caramel yeah. flavor in there, too. A little honey like element. Well. Yeah. And maybe some uh, chocolate malt or some pale chocolate or something to bring mm. out that a little more. Yeah, I love pale chocolate. Yeah. God, that's a good yeah. malt. Yeah, I had 13 ounces of, of chocolate 350 in there. Mm-hmm. Okay. So, but I'm. I also had a little over nine ounces of roasted barley. So maybe, maybe bringing up the chocolate and then bringing down the roasted barley a little bit. Yeah, something in that direction. Oh. Yeah, yeah. And try cocoa nibs, man. Okay. Have you thought of making a peanut butter mead? You get the peanut butter and honey thing. <laughs> <laughs> no, I haven't. That would be kind of. Uh, yeah. Maybe not, maybe not some good. Bananas in it too. <laughs> Eric's like, I don't want to be known as the peanut butter guy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> You know, but guess what? You can do interesting bit. stuff with interesting ingredients. You know, there's uh, there's an atomic fireball mead that appears at the Northern California Homebrewers Fest that's really good. <laughs> tastes <laughs> they put atomic fireballs <laughs> in it and it just tastes like cinnamon candy mead. Wow, tastes like hot, the uh, fireball, the whiskey. Right? <laughs> yeah, uh, when and then you could freeze it, make an ice oatmeal peanut butter stout. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> this could go on for a while. So, <laughs> um, when uh, when did you add the peanut butter again, Eric? Flame out. No, into secondary. Into secondary. So, uh, yeah, it was primaried for about nine days and then moved it over into a secondary. Okay. Um, we also have the base beer here. Oh, that's taste, right. We can taste this. We should drink that. Um, do you have any other questions, Eric, before we let you go? Mm, no, I don't think so. Okay, perfect. Thanks for the interesting beer. Yeah, it was yeah, pretty thanks, tasty, man. pretty well balanced for you know for what you get here. It's It's kind of as advertised. Peanut butter stout. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Thank you. Yeah. And look at the base beer. I, I definitely consider that less dark roast and more chocolate for a oatmeal stout kind of thing. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Cool. Have fun Thank with you. it. Send us some more. All right. Thanks, guys. Thanks, Eric. Bye. Bye. Kind of want to ask him. When, so when you go home and visit your family on Jupiter, you <laughs> what kind of beers do you guys brew together? High gravity beers? But I'm bummed. I'm uh, expecting that. Smart jokes. <laughs> uh. Yeah, it tastes like a completely different beer. No peanut butter. No peanut butter. Yeah, but there's more body. There's more like the caramel crystal malt in there. You think? I think it tastes like it to me. Mm-hmm. There's more like sweet. That sweet kind of you know in the base mid palate shoot through. I think the peanut butter was helping to cut. You, I get a little sharpness in the base beer. Yeah. It has a little acidity to it, and the peanut butter seems to be cutting that in the other beer. Mm-hmm. Yep. It's interesting. Yeah, Chocolate. it's boozy too. Yeah. yeah, awesome, cool. That was great. Uh, well, let's take a break, and then we'll come back and do our wrap up, and then we're done. And then we're done with this whole thing. And then if you're listening live, um, hold on to your butts because uh, on the next show we're going to do that Chimay Blue tasting. So I know Lee's all jazzed about that. Whoop. It's Dr. Homebrew, everybody. Hang on for a bit. We'll be right back. That's it. I've had it. I am never putting hops in my beer again. What? Why? It's just too ridiculous. Insane prices, stupid contracts, high shipping costs, crappy selection. Dude, you need Nico Brew. Nico Brew will rock your f***ing face right the f*** off your f***ing 
Walking Skull. $5 shipping to all 50 states, plus fantastic international rates get you low prices on Nico Brew's great selection of hops and more. Whether you're a home brewer, a pro brewer, or a homebrew shop owner, Nico Brew can get you the hops you need in increments big and small, single orders, spot buys, or full contracts. And there's only one place to join the uber-special secret elite bare-bones club where you'll get the best deals anywhere. Holy shit! NicoBrew.com N-I-K-O-B-R-E-W NicoBrew, your bare-bones buddy in the brewing business. Hello, fellow BNers. This is Sully from the 21st Amendment Brewery located in San Francisco, just two blocks from Giants Park. Before Nico and I opened the 21A and before I was a professional brewer, I homebrewed on my small four-burner apartment stove in a back house in Santa Monica, California, making my extract brews before graduating to the daunting idea of all-grain brewing. Homebrew books and information was hard to come by back then. The internet hadn't been invented yet, along with other things we take for granted today, like electricity and potable water. One thing I wish I had back then when I was learning was a radio show that could teach me the ins and outs of brewing and answer questions that I had about homebrewing, a resource for making great craft beer. The 21st Amendment Brewery is excited to be a proud sponsor of Dr. Homebrew, a great show that teaches you what you need to know about making incredible beer. Good stuff. Listen up. You might learn something. I certainly did. And thanks for your support. Tasty Crack Games. I'm sorry to tell you this, but we're going to have to pour you out. Back to Dr. Homebrew. All right, thanks for sticking with us, everybody. It's Dr. Homebrew. Don't yeah. worry, we're not going to pour you out. I had a dream about that once. It was not good. About being poured out? Yeah. What happened? I hit the floor. And I splashed. I mean, what can you say? <laughs> I, I soaked into the wood. It was real weird. Liquid Lee. Went down the drain and ended up out in the Antarctic somewhere with the seals. <laughs> Did you have this dream in like the 70s? No. After eating a blotter sheet? or No, um, I wasn't eating blotter sheets in the 70s. Not quite that old. 60s? <laughs> well, somebody might have fed me something. No, no. This is... <laughs> This is, uh, okay, enough of that. Uh, here we are on the recap <laughs> section of uh, Dr. Homebrew. So we're going to go through and just kind of briefly give a rough overview of, of, of the suggestions that we made on, on the beers that we had tonight. So the first one was the Robust Porter from Nate. And uh, we talked about that roast ash difference between a porter and a stout. Right? And need to kind of define that a little bit more. Yeah. Mellow out that roast. Find the gray zone. Bit. Yeah. And bring up some other things to balance it. Okay, and then uh, like uh, the crystal malt, you guys, and crystal malt was was one, but the biggest point uh, was water, kind of uh, messing with the water, rather maybe not yeah. messing with his water so much at first, and seeing how that how that works. You're mixing acidic grain and and you know very carbonate water acids and 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 base inducing things, and yeah, base. <laughs> okay, and then um, last but certainly not least was uh, Eric with his peanut butter oatmeal stout. What did we tell poor Eric to do? What did we tell him? Um, boy. I think it was mash higher a little bit. Mash higher, yeah. yeah. Bring the sweetness up. Maybe throttle back the peanut butter a bit. It was pretty strong. Uh, but it could use a little bit more sweetness. And again, maybe a little less on the ashy, darker roast and bring up the chocolate character some more. Maybe even throw in some cocoa nibs if you're feeling adventurous. But no, maybe... Uh, and you should be feeling yeah, adventurous. Yeah, maybe a little pale chocolate along in there or something like that. Do a, a peanut butter whirlpool and put in some real peanut butter cups. Why not? Right, right. Peanut, <laughs> peanut butter whirlpool just sounds real butter, good. Although the powdered peanut butter is probably a good idea considering what's going on here. <laughs> yeah, probably. For the, Hot tub time machine. <clears throat> yeah, it was actually, for for is for a beer that, you no, know, I look at the name, it's like, oh my God, why did somebody send me this? I have to drink. But it actually was quite good. <laughs> it was very good. Yeah, I, I read that too and I was like, I don't need, I, I have... Literally no idea day. what it's going to yeah. be. We judged it as a specialty. I think it'll, it may be a while before they include peanut butter oatmeal stout in the style guidelines. But um, yeah, it was it was a you wanted it, you got it. You know, yeah, yeah. It was cool. I appreciate I appreciate that kind of no. uh, creative brewing, especially because it wasn't terrible. Yeah, you know, yeah. it was it was actually pretty, actually good. pretty good. Yeah, yeah. All, all the peanut heads out there would really love this. I think. Yeah, <laughs> be the next big thing. 
the hop heads, the sour brains, and the peanut heads. Oh, God. Anything new in this industry, please. Yes. You got your peanut See butter that, in my stout. That list of the 10 top most popular best IPAs. Did you see that came out recently? Oh, I was looking at the like, they're all. They just, I guarantee you, they all taste exactly the same. Huh? Just anyway. Sorry, I don't mean to ramble. The IPA can have some subtlety to it. There's it can, but it never does. One can taste more like a cat box than another. That's I, just what I want. I like IPA. Yeah. I, I appreciate the, the breadth yeah. of different hop characters that are in IPAs. There's, yeah. Well, you're a beer judge, right? The, yeah, the, well. the masses, uh, you know, the people who work at this magazine, this online magazine, couldn't tell the difference between uh, Firestone IPA and Racer 5. I, guarantee, I just guarantee it. Right. There's no way. Wow. But yet, they were able to, ch- whatever. Not only is he a beer judge, but he lives in Northern California. <laughs> That's right. That's right. He can't even trip without falling over an IPA. Or, That's right. I like visiting San Diego, Something. too. Something. Anyway, all right, everybody. Thanks for sticking with us. Uh, Dr. Homebrew, hope you enjoyed the conversation. Don't forget to visit our key sponsors here, Five Star Chemicals. Go to fivestarchemicals.com. Check out some PBW and all that kind of good stuff. And Brew Toad, if you want to check out these recipes and learn what the guys did to make the beers that we judged on the show today, brewtoad.com slash Dr. Homebrew. And all guests appearing on Dr. Homebrew tonight will be getting a nice prize pack from Five Star PBW, Little Star Sand, some odds and ends and bits and bobs. And, uh, uh, five star, they love us. We love them. And, uh, yeah. All right. Take care of yourself, everybody.